between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. Father, we bless your name tonight. Thank you for these doors that are open. And thank you for releasing the glory of the, that which ought to be communicated and that which ought to be spoken concerning. That it will not be spoken without its glory. That the glory of this of these things. Glory. Come, Lord. Come, tabernacle. Stay, rest. Son, thank you for a portion of the residing glory, the Shekinah, that teaches, that teaches, that changes, that transforms. Raise are the builder of the image. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you for mercy, utterance, wisdom, skill, power, ability. Thank you. Rami Kihove, Tapashtora Diehota. Authority. Authority of the world, even of the New Testament. Thank you, Jesus, for this season, for this time, for this change, for this advancement, for this entrance. Thank you, Father. We give all the glory to your name. Worship you. Thank you, Lord, tonight. Come and rapture us again. Come and divide the waters. Open your word. Speak by your own self. Thank you for the spirit minister to us. Refresh our heart. Yield my vessel. Fresh unto you. Make it, take it, break it, use it. Own it, make it yours. And reshape it on the opposite. Lord, make it your instrument. For our blessing. Thank you, our Father. Give all the glory. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Bless you. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise Jesus. <coughs> Hallelujah. Good evening to you. Um, please just welcome somebody today. Amen. Did anybody find um, the teachings difficult to understand? <coughs> Um, the convention teachings, maybe if you found you had difficulty with any, okay, let me not say teachings, let me just say any particular concept or praise God, <coughs> any, any particular concept or something 
maybe a particular topic or a particular message, a particular thought or scripture or something, um, anyone find it difficulty or any, anything that you like maybe to, for help to maybe throw light on more? Does anyone have something like that? Did you listen to the messages? Why are you laughing? Has, uh, you've not, has anybody listened to the messages? Okay, some of them, not all of them. Okay. Okay. How, why didn't you listen to all of them? There wasn't enough time. S- sorry? Uh, say it again. Betty's asking for everybody, so which one? <laughs> What she's saying is correct. What is <laughs> okay? The other meetings ongoing, so like we're following the UK teachings. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. A lot of people share that same experience. So. Praise God. Amen. <clears throat> Thank you, Father. Praise Jesus. Okay, let's open to the book of Hebrews, chapter 2. Amen. Praise God. Are you there? Okay. Hebrews 2, um, this, from verse 1, it says, Therefore we ought to, to give the more earnest heed. Amen. Amen. We ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them sleep. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so So great salvation. And every transgression and sorry, disobedience receive the just recompense of reward. And how shall we escape, right? If we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. God also bearing with them witness, both with signs and wonders, and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. Praise God. For unto the angels had he not put in subjection the world to come, whereof we speak. But one in a certain place testified, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou visitest him? 
For thou madest him a little lower than the angels, thou crownest him with glory and honor, and this set him over the works of thy hands. And thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet, for in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him, verse 9, but, but we see who? We see Jesus, who, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, then crowned with glory and honor that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. Praise God. Um, let's, let's not go too far, but um, from the beginning saying that we, we must give the, the more earnest heed. Praise Jesus. Now, um, the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should do what? Let them sleep. We must give. Um, praise Jesus. Or, so we ought to give the more earnest heed. So there is, if you're saying give the more earnest heed, means you have, they've been giving heed before. Right, take, I remember one place it was saying, take heed unto, was speaking to, was it Timothy? Take heed unto my, what, my doctrine. It was speaking about taking heed unto doctrine, talking to Timothy, praise Jesus. Um, now, here he's saying you ought to give, there, there will come a season when you have to give more earnest heed. What's the meaning of that? That they're telling you that the, that what they call heed in the spirit, um, I don't know, to me the word sounds more like hearing, it also sounds like not just hearing, but almost like, um, sorry? Hackening? Okay, what do you say? Caution. Praise God. Attention. Praise Jesus. So, if, so, it, so it means that speaking to a soul, that the soul's attention towards what he calls word or Doctrine is not the same that the soul has levels of attention. That attention, he told him, take heed to thyself first. And that place he said, take heed to thyself. Can we see with that place of where he was telling, speaking to Timothy? Let's read the place very quickly. That's one of the places. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 16. Um, it says, Take heed unto thyself, praise God, and unto the doctrine. Then it says, Continue in them, for in doing these thou shalt both do what? Save thyself, and them that what? Hear thee. Take heed unto thyself. First um, Timothy 4, verse 16. Take heed unto thyself, and unto the doctrine. Right? Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and then what? Them that err the soul. There's a connection between this thing called heed, taking heed, and salvation. It's very clear that um, 
the hearing um, is a the hearing the measure of hearing is actually tied to the to the dealing or the operation of salvation. Praise God. Do you hear what I say? The, the, or the hearing, the quality of hearing is tied to or the measure of or the quality of salvation. So take heed to thyself and unto the doctrine, continue in them. So if you continue in the doctrine, that then and for in doing this, thou would then what save thyself and then what and them that hear thee now in the in so talking, taking heed is spoke about salvation. Praise God. Then you see in Hebrews chapter, this chapter two is raising emphasis, right? Is is talking about now taking a more earnest what heed. You ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which thou hast heard. Let at any time thou should let them sleep. For the word spoken by angels, if it was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received the just recompense of reward, that how shall we then what escape if we neglect what so great salvation? So it's now clear that the reason for telling them to take more earnest heed or to give the more to, to give the more earnest heed is to avoid neglect. There's something called neglect. In that verse 3, you see there that how shall we escape if we neglect so great what? Salvation. So there is what you call more earnest heed for so great salvation. Praise Jesus. There is what you call what? More earnest heed for what? So great salvation. Can you say it? More earnest heed for so great salvation. So there is salvation in degrees. Praise Jesus. Take heed unto thyself and unto and then unto the doctrine. Praise Jesus. Where is it? Can you go back, please? Hebrew, sorry, First Timothy chapter 4. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Then he now says you should continue in them. For in doing these, thou shalt then both save thyself and then what? And them that hear thee. Praise Jesus. Now, so salvation and heed, taking heed unto doctrine. Now, now it's very clear that those things which are, have been heard in Hebrews chapter 1, that we ought to give the more earnest heed to, that which we have heard is also a doctrine, right? but is a kind of doctrine. It's a doctrine of so great salvation. Now, the greatness of salvation will, de- will determine how earnest the heed. I don't know if that's the right way to But how earnestly you must give heed 
to doctrine. That so there is the word of salvation can come, but it is not guaranteed that when that doctrine of salvation comes, that all who hear it will be saved. It's not a guarantee that all who hears that the doctrine of salvation will be saved. But there is, it's, the measure of salvation is dependent on how much of earnest, how earnestly the soul is able to take heed to the doctrine. Right now, earnestly, so there's something about taking heed that is able to activate or bring or pull salvation. Praise the Lord. Or is able to do or to pull salvation, amen, out of you know, the, the doctrine of salvation. Let's read it again. Look at verse 2. It says that Hebrews chapter Two now, verse 2 says, For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and then every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of what? Of reward. A just recompense of reward. And how shall we escape if we neglect so great a what? Salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and then was confirmed. Unto us by who? By them that heard him. Now, so you see that these, um, there is something called recompense. That every word that pertains to salvation, now what they are speaking about here is word of salvation. Do you see that? There is what? Word of what? Salvation. Now, for every word of salvation, the, the property of the word of salvation. Now, when you're saying salvation, salvation is not just any doctrine. There is something called the doctrine of salvation. Right? So that doctrine of salvation is a particular doctrine. It's a message. It's a message. It's a specific message that you don't just find that message anyhow. It's spoken to a specific kind of people, right? And what is salvation? Salvation is, the, is, a, is a gospel which Zion is raised to hear, right? The Lord has proclaimed unto the end of the earth, say ye to the daughters of Zion, that behold your what? Your salvation cometh, and his what? His reward is with him, and his what? His work is before him. So, it's your salvation comment. Now, the word, that was salvation. When you're talking of salvation, salvation is a very big subject. Okay? Or it's a very big thing. It's a very giant concept in the Bible. Okay? Now, when someone gets born again, you experience, you, you experience a kind of salvation. Right, it's a kind of salvation. What does that mean? You've been saved from something. That's one part of the meaning. The other part of the meaning is that you've, part, you've begun your first participation in the overall umbrella program of salvation. Do you understand that? So, when it comes to salvation, salvation is everything that they want to do to the soul. Right, to, to save the soul. Praise God. Now, 
But so salvation is actually, when you now begin to engage salvation, is, salvation is like a program. Like God will look at the soul and say, I have a program for that soul. So what do you have as a program? Salvation. How to save the soul. Let's <coughs> see. How will you begin the program? You have to start the program by the new birth. Do you get that? That's, so getting born again is the beginning of the program of salvation, right? Which is a giant program in God. Now, that salvation program, then there is inside the, pro, the overall program of salvation, there are many aspects of it. There is the aspect of Equip of enablement. First of all, qualification. First of all, and then some kind of an enablement to raise the soul to come into a particular junction, which is very key. And when a soul arrives at this junction, there is alert. All heaven is on alert. His soul has arrived there. All of hell is on alert. His soul has arrived there. This, the realm of the spirit is not the same. Something has happened. It's a particular junction. What is the junction? The junction is the point when it's time to, to hear the gospel of salvation. Are you getting me? So somebody can have begun the process of the program of salvation, but has never heard the gospel of salvation. Another word for the gospel of salvation is the doctrine of salvation. Now, salvation, you can never find, when it comes to, you can, many, you can speak about salvation, salvation in any realm, any of the realms in God. From when the soul begins to get separate, it's a type of being saved. But there is salvation that is done without the gospel of salvation or without the doctrine of salvation that Every salvation has done without the gospel or the doctrine of salvation is not really salvation. It's preparation for salvation. Praise Jesus. And the Bible is somewhat is interesting as the way it can try to confuse you and just shift things around. So that God, God is God. I'm talking of God, 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 God Himself, who will have all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. But in that verse. All men being saved is not the salvation. It's the knowledge of the truth. Do you understand? That's coming to, coming to the knowledge of the truth. Are you seeing that? That word coming there, when you dissect that verse, you see, when you hear the word coming, coming is a salvation term as well. Right? Coming into the knowledge of what? Of the truth. So, what they call knowledge, the true knowledge of truth, the real knowledge of truth, is the knowledge of salvation. When Zechariah was prophesying, what was he saying? He was saying something about um, the end of Luke chapter 1. He, was talk- he spoke about the knowledge of salvation. In the, at the end of Luke. Praise Jesus. Are you being blessed today? Yes. Okay. Um, he was speaking concerning prophesying about um, 
Praise Jesus. Let's quickly read it. Luke chapter 1. This thing is supposed to be showing scripture. <laughs> because my Bible is faster than it. You have not used this kind of operation before, so I don't know. <laughs> Praise Jesus. <laughs> Me. May my expectation will be cut short in Jesus' name. Luke chapter. I'm so sorry, please. Um, praise Jesus. That, oh, thank you, Father. Verse, Luke, Luke chapter 1, verse 7 to 4, that he will grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear, right? In holiness, Luke 1, now 75, in holiness and in righteousness before him all the days of our life. And then thou, child, shall be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, right? To give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the word remission of their sins through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high has visited us, and then to give light to them that sit in darkness in the shadow of death to guide our feet into what the, into the way of peace. Now, a lot of, of these two, you see these two from verse 77 to verse 79, verse 77 to verse 79, verse 77 to give knowledge, and then verse 78 through the tender mercy, verse 79 now. When you read this place, the person who will do this thing is not John. Right? They are not telling John that this is what, what you are going to do. There is somewhere there was a, a transition. But it's easy to miss it in verse 76. It's, 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 this is Oracle talking. So the Oracle was talking. It wasn't just, it wasn't, you have to know that they are, they are narrating something that happened. It was not Luke sitting down writing scripture, writing these things. Luke was just giving you a narration of something that actually occurred, which was a time when Zechariah began to prophesy. So this was oraculous speech. Do you understand? So when you are reading oraculous speech, you have to be careful. You know, there's an oracle that's speaking, and there's a way with oraculous speech. You have to be, you still, it's not, don't just take it and just, you have to, there's, you have to, Allow the spirit of the oracle to, to, to show you what... Sometimes in oracular speech, it can say something, and then the next word has switched to something else because of the way the heart... Those who have operated with oracular, maybe gifts of the spirit, you understand what I'm trying to say? That you might not even finish a sentence, another door open, and you can switch into another door. You know what I mean? So in this place here, now, there are two things you can... It's very clear that the, the, the prophet... Was he was switching between talking about John and talking about Jesus, right? Zachariah was just he started he actually started from talking about Jesus when he was speaking about the horn of salvation, which has been raised. Praise Jesus! Uh, do you see that the horn has raised? Blessed be the Lord God of our, of Israel, for He had visited and redeemed His people, verse sixty nine, and has raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of His servant David. So. That horn of salvation is that verse 69, right? 
that is clear the horn of salvation is Jesus. He, praise God, Yeshua. That's the, the horn of salvation has raised us a horn. So he wasn't talking about John. He didn't speak about John until he now said, and then thou child, verse 76, that he now switched to speaking about John. So the first thing he mentioned about Jesus here was that Jesus was a horn of salvation. Praise, praise God. It was an, another word for horn of salvation. The horn means many things. Horn is a, he's talking about authority. A horn is also an herald. Do you understand? That was, that was who Jesus is. Jesus is not just the, he's not just the savior, but Jesus was, is also the, the message of salvation. Do you get that? It's just not just the, the one who, it's not just the, only, it's not just the person who did the work, who, who, in, who, in who was wrought salvation. That's one aspect of him. The, it was the person who did the obedience for salvation to occur. That's who Jesus was. But by, by doing that, he also became the message of salvation. So salvation, the word Jesus, Jesus, the full Jesus, everything is, is, is a message of salvation. So if it's a message, it's also a herald. It's a herald, it's a horn, praise the Lord, of what? Of salvation, praise God. So, so, so you can see this is the sense of Jesus that they are bringing up in this prophecy. Then he now went in verse 76 and now said, And thou child, thou, art, thou shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face. So he's really prophesying concerning Jesus. What? You, can't, you can never talk about John outside the context of Jesus. So this, this prophecy aligns with the life of John or the purposes, purpose of John. That Zechariah can't stand up and prophesy to his son by alone without there being attached. It's not so that this prophecy was a sandwich of Jesus, John tiny, and then Jesus. That was, that was who John was. Right? Praise God. So, when they asked John who he was, he said, tell them that I am a voice crying in the wilderness. Go and make what? Make straight the, the way. That is who John was. John was the voice crying. So, John is also is sort of an, a herald. But John himself is not the herald of salvation. John is the herald of the way. The way, not the way of salvation, but the way, the, what, the, the way, the herald of the preparation, the way, which is a kind of preparation. Do you understand that? So, I'm the voice crying. What is the voice crying in the wilderness? Saying, well, prepare ye the way. So that's the, the message of John. He's talking about the, the, the way of preparation, right, for that being called what? Salvation. Are you seeing that? So, so you now see that the, the, what Zechariah said concerning John is accurate. There's nothing more about it. All that is concerning John is, is verse 76, that thou child shall be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the word face of the Lord to do what? To prepare his ways. Then you see that semicolon. To prepare his way. Then 
he switched in his, in his prophetic, um, what do you call it, um, utterance. And when he, he, the moment he landed and prophecy operates like that, right? If you, if you are sometimes true words, when, you, when, you are, when you are prophesying or when you are even tongues and interpretation, it operates that way. Praise Jesus. When you are prophesying and you, you hit a phrase, for example, that the spirit of that prophecy has something to say about, it opens the door. Right? It's, it, it, sometimes you can see prophecy can start, and then the person who's prophesying will land on a particular. It can be just one word, and then he can't leave that word because that word is there's something that the prophetic spirit, you know, about that particular word that he has many things to say concerning it. Do you understand? And so, so this was uh, this prophetic moment. Immediately he spoke. He was speaking concerning John. Immediately he spoke about the Lord to prepare his way. There were, there were more things about the Lord which had to follow. It means he couldn't keep talking about John. He has to. The, 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 <laughs> Jesus was too prophetically loaded. Do you understand that? That when the, the prophetic spirit landed upon him, they had to put a semicolon and continue the utterance. Are you getting what I'm saying? <laughs> Concerning him. Amen. Praise Jesus. I'm sure those, those who prophesy understand. You know what I'm talking about. It's very... I, I'm just explaining for those who maybe don't understand prophetic, how prophecy works, that this is how it, amen. So, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. So, to, to prepare his ways before the face of the Lord, to prepare his ways, then, now, so, the, the reason for, for to prepare his way, and what is the, the reason for all of that? Why are you preparing his way? What is he coming for? That's what he now began to speak next. You can't talk about him without talking about his purpose. It is to give the knowledge of salvation. It's to give the knowledge of what? It's very clear this is him. This is Jesus. In the prophets, he said that by... By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. That is talking about his knowledge, which he will give. Are you saying? So you, so you can see that it's clear that if they called him a horn of salvation, so the reason for the horn of salvation is to give the knowledge of salvation. Right? So God has raised a horn of salvation. And the purpose of that horn is to do what? To give what? The knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their what? Sins. So, there is, you cannot separate the, not the, the giving of the knowledge of salvation from the remission of sins. It's the same operation by which you, you give the knowledge of salvation that you also do what? Remit sins. Amen. Now, let's just quickly go on because of time. It says, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high had visited us. So, it's, it's talking about the, the, the mechanism of knowledge. So, where does knowledge of salvation come from? It cometh from the, through, it comes through. That word through means what facilitates it? 
what quickens it, what enables it, what is the, the, what's the method of, the, of bringing out the herald. There's only something must sanction salvation, right? Anytime you, the salvation horn in the spirit doesn't blast until something. There's, when you check the horn of salvation and you go and check behind, who is blowing the horn of salvation? Who is, who is, who is, who is, whose mouth is behind the horn of salvation? You now find there's something called mercy. Mercy is the one that blows that horn of salvation. And if mercy doesn't blow, salvation cannot be heard. Do you see that? So the herald of salvation or the doctrine of salvation or the gospel of salvation is what comes out of the horn which mercy blows. Praise Jesus. It's called the, the tender mercy of our God. It's a time. This mercy is a special mercy. Not every soul has this mercy. It has to be obtained. Right? And we saw in the book of Hebrew, Hebrew was teaching that where you get this mercy from, it has to come boldly to the throne of grace. That throne of grace. It's not the, when you say the throne of, if anytime you hear throne of, and then the end of that of is not God, they know that whatever they are saying is not all of, the, it's not all of God. So when you, whenever you hear the word throne, right, simple, what they're just telling you is that it's not, when you say what is the throne of grace, it's simple. The throne of grace is not just the throne of, it's not the eternal throne of God. It's just telling you the throne where grace sits. Amen. Do you understand that? I don't know if you can get that kind of language, but it's a spiritual kind of um, speech, but that should impart a kind of meaning to you. Right? That grace, there's a place where, there's a throne where, there's the eternal throne of God, but there's a throne that God gave to his grace to sit. Right, is actually the is the throne of grace. Is the seat of grace that anything, whatever what throne does, grace can do it. Right, he's talking about the throne is actually is the seat of power. Right, is the seat of power. Is the seat of rule. Is the seat of reign. And we know, of course, that grace is the power of reigning. It's a kind of reign. Do you understand? You remember that in the book of. Um, thank you. What is the, where's that place? The book of Romans, chapter, chapter 5, right? That if, um, that, that, thank you, Jesus. Those who have received the, the gift of uh, abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall do what? Shall reign in life. If, but if that, by one man, what? Death, by one's offense, death reigned by one. If by one man's offense, death reigned by one. So it means that death is also a, a reigner too. It means that in the spirit, there's something called the throne of death. It's very, that's very, that should be very, very clear. That the way death behaves, it must have a throne. Nothing, nothing can behave the way death does. Without Death is a king in the spirit. Praise Jesus. Is a, a word? Is a king in the spirit, right? And nothing is powerful. Death is powerful. It operates by dominion. Once death takes, you can't take it from death. Right? That's an operation of, of dominion. Praise the Lord. So, so it's very clear then that also you said that if 
If, if by one man's offense, death reign by one, much more, they which, they which receive abundance of what? Grace. And, then the, and of the gift of righteousness shall then reign in life by who? By, by one, Jesus Christ. Amen. So, so, it, so, of course, this reign, which will be enabled by grace, right, is talking about what happens to a soul that has come into the dividend of that throne of grace. Praise Jesus. The, the throne of what? The throne of grace. So, in Hebrews, it says you should come to the throne of grace. Come boldly to the throne of grace so that you will obtain mercy. Now, there is the obtaining of mercy from the throne of grace. Obtain mercy. But the reason for that mercy is to find grace to help. Praise God. There is to obtain mercy. These are these are <laughs> spiritual laws. And these are just the laws of the Bible. It means that 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 grace, that amen, if you come to the throne of grace, and then grace now say, okay, you are my throne, but see, the secret is that there's actually something that I, I depend on. That my dispensation depends on something else that's higher than me. That one, you must first obtain it first. So, fine. So, you can't get crashed into the throne of grace and say, I'm here, give me all the grace. And then when they weigh you, they can't check. They, they are not seeing mercy. You don't, you don't have too much of merciful count. Being that, what do I mean by that? It means that you have not obtained mercy, right? And what does that mean? That, that blessed are the merciful, for they shall what? Obtain mercy. So, so it means that you, don't, you haven't, you're not merciful enough. If you're not merciful enough, the throne of grace cannot talk to you. You can be seeing all the demonstration of grace around the throne of grace. But if they check, is this a merciful soul? Only a soul that is merciful will obtain what? Mercy. Praise Jesus. Glory to God. So those, thing, those things are all, these are all codes of this, of the, of the realm of salvation. They are codes of the world of salvation. If anybody will prosper in salvation, you must, there are some things you must know. You must know mercy. You have to know mercy. You must know mercy. And uh, you must know grace. Right? You must, know, you must know mercy. You must know grace. You must know truth. If a, a person in the realm of, of salvation... In the world of salvation, if they, they, they mention mercy to you, and it's still a foreign word, you can't, you can't take that word, and you don't have a meaning of mercy in, a, in an experiential way. You, are not, you, can't, you cannot um, prosper in the realm of salvation. If you are a soul, that like grace is foreign to you. That when they check you, you sound somehow, you sound graceless. A soul can sound graceless. Praise God. A soul that can do what? Can sound graceless. A soul, a graceless soul cannot, cannot gain access into the realm of salvation. Those are key things that the soul must have profited in to come into the transaction of salvation. Another thing is truth. 
a soul that hasn't profited in truth cannot what? Well, when, you, when you hear the word truth and it doesn't mean too much to you, right, it's still closed up. It means that you have not yet what? Come, you've not come to the knowledge yet of the truth. It means that you will not prosper. Such a soul will not prosper in salvation. Amen. Are you seeing all these things? So these, these, are, these are themes of the Bible. And you see what we call, you know, it's not easy to understand grace. To teach you grace. There is to really teach you grace. The grace which you obtain, right? Which you find by coming to the throne of grace. That grace, you can't bring just a carnal man. A carnal man cannot come to that throne of grace to find that grace. Praise God. But to, to make a soul come to that place, the grace of the throne. Amen. Are you getting what I'm saying? So when the grace of the throne of grace, amen, please, are you listening? Yes. Listen well. <laughs> Praise Jesus. The throne, the grace which the throne of grace gives is, is the grace of rain. Do you, do you understand? It's actually, is a particular kind of grace. It's a grace of what? Of rain. It is, it's a special grace. It's not just anyhow. Titus spoke about that grace. It's a particular grace. It's the grace of God that bringeth salvation. But they now call him God, the God of all grace. Are you getting what I'm saying? That grace that bringeth salvation is a special is the grace of the throne of grace. But if for but a, a, just any soul, a graceless soul cannot come to the throne of grace. Or a graceless soul cannot come to the grace that bringeth salvation. They have to first give that soul grace for grace. That's the, are you getting what I'm saying? That is grace for what grace? The grace that is for grace is called the grace of Christ. That is the first grace. Right? That what of his fullness. That's John chapter 1. You see that. The law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by who? Praise God. Now you see that Jesus there is not just talking about Christ. He's talking about grace, fullness, the, the full man. Right, that full man, right, there's something about him, it's called grace and truth. Grace and truth are the twins of salvation. Grace and truth are salvation twins. Right, so grace, the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by what? Jesus Christ. That's verse 17 of John chapter 1. Then verse 18, amen, says... That no man has seen at any time, but the only begotten could that. So before that, amen, sorry, I have to go back to of his fullness. Verse 16, before that, it says, and his fullness have we all received, right? And then what? Grace for grace. Or his fullness have we all received? Grace for grace. Praise God. So there is something called grace for grace. That's a spiritual term. It's actually true. And grace for grace. 
It's grace for grace. Say grace for grace. Grace For For grace. grace Anyone that that has, you can taste the grace of Christ. That's one level of grace. A soul that has the grace of Christ can fail when, when, that has a measure of the grace of Christ can fail when the, when the, what is, what is grace for? Can you tell me what's just, in just in general term, what is the, what is grace given for? For what? For to do. I love that work. To do what? For work. All right, that was Paul's thesis. Both Paul and James, they touch those areas. It seems as if they are conflicting, but they are not conflicting. Paul was talking about, by grace are you saved through faith. Then it's not of works, lest anyone should boast. That's one kind of understanding he was talking about. Right. So when he said not of works there, he's talking about not of the works of man's strength. That it is by grace you are saved. So salvation is by grace. Are you seeing that? By grace are you saved through what? Faith. That not of yourselves, right? It is what? The gift of God. Where did, they not of, where did you say not of works? Was it? Then the next verse, not of works, lest what? Any man should boast. Not of yourself, not of works. Praise Jesus. So, that, this grace that you are saved through faith, but it's not of works. But, Grace, the actual reason for grace is not to remove works. Grace and works are not opposite. The purpose of grace is for works that are not of yourself. Do you see? First, not of yourself. Then verse 9, will not of works. So it means those, the works that are rejected is the works that are of yourself. So, if you want to define grace, it's very simple. Grace is just the ability to do works that are not of yourself. That's all grace is. So, you can see someone who is doing things but is graceless. That's why heaven doesn't respect everything that a person, that people do. To be honest with you, heaven doesn't respect. And, and graceless souls can do anything. Graceless souls can go can become preachers. A graceless soul can wear effort and everything. A graceless soul can praise Jesus. A graceless soul can try and preach the Bible. Graceless, graceless soul. Soul who believe in themselves. Praise the Lord. Graceless soul can, can do many things. You'll be surprised what graceless souls can do. Amen. But the works which qualify are not works that are graceless. They are what? They are what kind of works? They are works of grace. Gracious works. Are you getting me? So that gracious works there is what James was now speaking about. That show me your what? Well, using the language of faith. Right? Amen. That what? Faith 
without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. By grace are you saved through faith. So anytime you hear grace, it's through faith. There's, you can never, that's one thing that you're seeing, you can, you can, you are tracing, so if someone is teaching you faith now, it's not the end of the, it's for something, it's for, it's for something. Learn faith and learn faith and learn faith until when you have faith, they now begin to teach you what faith is for, to get grace. They now begin to teach you to get grace. Then if you teach a soul, grace, 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 and a soul, as you've taught grace, the grace has multiplied. And of course, when grace is multiplying, it multiplied with something called peace, right? So when you touch grace, and grace, a soul has multiplied in grace, you have to now transition from teaching grace to teaching works. You must teach works. Works. Thank you, Father. Shepra, that's a tongue. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, let's hear. Let's hear. to your grace. It is open unto you. Unto you. Grace, 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 grace. Great grace, great grace, great grace for to access great grace. For to access great grace, grace is open to you. Grace is open to you. It is a way that grace will lead you to great grace. It is the way, the way, the way of great grace. For of his fullness, you've received grace for grace. Grace for grace. Receive grace to come into my grace. It is open my grace is open for you to come into great grace. Great grace. It is by my grace, not of your works, not by strength, not by your will, but by grace. Access grace, for it is open. I have come. It is a change of realm. It is a change. It is the first change for the second change. It is the first transition. It is the transition. The transition. It is the way. It is the way. Grace leads the way. Grace paves the way. Grace shows the way. It is the way. It is the way. Grace the way. Grace the way. Follow the way. Follow the way. By my grace, it is open. It is open. The way of grace is open. The way of grace is open. It is open for to win you off your strength to rest on grace. To rest on grace. Lie on grace. For my grace is here for you. It is here to help and to show you great grace. Amen. Glory to God. Grow in grace and in the world, in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus. Praise God. You should grow what? In grace. 
and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus. So I, I was just showing you the transition of, of spiritual learning, right? Of, so you can be in the school of faith, then from the school of faith, you come into the school of grace. And I said, after the school of grace, what do you do? Where you come into? You come into the school of works. There's something called the school of works. The school of works. It's when it's time to, to start that school. That's where they tell people. Everybody's excited until they reveal the works. You, know, you understand what I mean? When they begin to reveal the season of the doctrine of works, all kind of excuses begin to come. In that season, you now see people begin to read their Bible upside down. They were reading it like this before. They, once they start talking about the works, they will change it like this and start reading. And all their revelation will start being backwards. From why works? Works can make so change mouths. But souls that behave like that in the season of works is the soul who did not grow in grace. Because what will guarantee that the soul will not, that will not fail in the season of works is if the soul has excelled in what? In grace. Grace. Say grace. grace. Tell someone, grow in grace. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so, so you see, no matter how much faith someone has, there's something that faith should, it's an energy that should be conserved in, a, in different forms. Right? In, in nature, they say energy can neither be created nor destroyed, but it's conserved from one form to another. That's nature. And that's just nature that, I mean, that's what Newton said. We can take his word for it. And that it cannot be created. But we can't, we can't be absolute that energy can neither be created nor destroyed. It's possible that energy can be, we, we know it can be. Who was created at some, you know what I mean? I mean, technically the Bible disproved that because we know that as far as material energy was created at some point, and the Bible speaks about its destruction at some point. So all the energies in nature, we, we know it to be destroyed, and we know it was created. So that disproves, I'm so sorry, the Bible disproves that law in a way. Praise God. So, so let's leave that first part of it can neither be created nor destroyed. Let's take the part of it can be conserved from one form, because the Bible also agrees with that aspect. Right? So there is a, there's the energy of faith that should then be, after a while, it should be, so what changes the conservation of energy, spiritual energy, is te- teaching, doctrine, is teaching, knowledge. Knowledge can change how energy is conserved. When they teach you faith, it's energy from God. They will rest inside your soul. They must teach that energy. They must teach you a level of illumination Will now will conv- is for conversion of that energy from faith into what into grace. Are you seeing that? So every faith 
that they give. Now, when, when they tell you, contest tenderly for the faith that was one committed to you, it's not saying go and fight people who are, who are teaching heresy. That's how some people interpret that verse. Say, no, no, they say we should, please, can you do your own Christianity in your own corner? If, believe what, do what you believe. Say, no, no, we must contend for the faith. So that brother is teaching, we must fight him. No, it's not that kind of contending for the faith. That's not, that's not where the faith is. The faith is the inside you check. That the one they gave to you, are you contending for it? Do you understand what I mean? That's the, you must contend earnestly for what? For the faith. Why should you contend earnestly for the faith? Because faith can die. At what point do they say faith has died? Is the point when it should have produced works. So they, at that point, when they check it, say, hey, yeah, there are no works. Faith without works is dead. Do you understand that faith, the purpose of faith is to, is to change, is to rechange itself from grace and then finally produce works. But any faith that does not produce works, what did James say? Because James, where James was speaking, James was, a, was speaking at a height. The language, the, the, the epistle of James is an epistle of salvation. So they tell you that in the world of salvation, don't bring faith by itself. It doesn't count in that world. That in the world of salvation, there's a way they tell faith. Right? They say, show me your faith without your works. I will show you my faith. Yeah, verse 18 of James chapter 2, it says, I hear a man may say, thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show you my faith by my works. So there is a realm where you show faith by works. That in that world, faith without works is dead. That's in that's what world is that is the realm of God. When I say world, I mean a particular, it's talking of is a zone of proximity. You know, everything we are teaching you almost bring you have skill to bring you back to your soul and understand what we are saying. What we are saying is that you ought to journey in God to a point where your, you, you show God works. Don't just show God faith alone. Ah, God, I believe that. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? That, uh, that he who sits upon the throne is to look upon like a jasper. And I say, yes, we believe it. Do you believe in the new Jerusalem that will come down from God? And we believe it. Do you believe in the city? Do you believe in the Lamb? Yes, we believe it. Now, when you go and you, you can't and stand before God, that's not the question they ask you. Do you believe in that? Do you believe in this? Do you believe in that? Even when you say, and they check it is true, you believe it, it's not enough to stand. When, what day is that, that faith will not be? There's a day that faith will not be enough. What is the day that faith will not be enough? It's the, it's the day of his what? Of his coming. The day that they were saying, say unto the daughters of what? Zion. That what? Thy salvation cometh. It's a, it's a season. Those daughters have to be careful about that season. He said, for, he said my reward is what? And then my what? It's a language saying that with me, with me, before you can get to with me, something must have happened before. 
The, 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 what, what he's telling you is that the only thing that can be before me are works. Do you understand me? That the only thing that can do what? Be before me are what? There's something that must come before me, which is what works. But you're seeing the trajectory of works. That to get to, to those works is a kind, like I said, it's a kind of faith. You know, nothing of faith and what Jesus also had the same sense. You know, he just was teaching about when that guy said and said, God, what, am I, what can I do that I might walk the works of God? Oh, okay. You want to walk the works of God. Can you believe on him? Whom what? Whom he has sent. Now you can see then that that believing on him which he has sent is not, will you get born again? You could have gotten born again but not yet believe on him whom he has sent. In that sense, what was Jesus really saying there? Jesus wasn't really talking to that man. That man couldn't understand what he's saying. Just was teaching for the purpose of scripture to teach you that there is a believing that's equal to works, that there is a faith that in the, in the realm that is equal to works. Is that correct at all? You understand? Jesus answered and said unto him that this is the work of God, that you believe on him who would, whom he has sent. Praise Jesus. You understand me? So what I'm saying is that it's not, there will be a time where your faith should have become works. What, are, what works, what he, that man called the works of God. Right? And the Bible is a bit interesting. You say, ah, ah but after all these things, this works and all. So people who just got born again yesterday, don't they do works? Aren't they also works that they are doing? Or those of who are in the sanctuary or who are in the courts, are they not works? Yes, they are works that are being done. But that is not the works of God. There is something in the Bible he called my works. So my reward is with me. And then what? My works before me. That, that being who is called salvation, who is coming. Salvation cometh. Behold thy salvation. Behold the Lord hath proclaimed unto the end of the world. Say to the daughter of Zion, thy salvation cometh. The Lord was proclaiming to the daughter the end of the world. And saying, say to the daughter of Zion, that thy salvation cometh. That thy salvation is a being. is actually God. Right? And he said, behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. So it's very clear that that walk before him is called the works of God. It should be clear in your mind that ah, I, had, I had a revelation the, the other time, um, revelation about something in the nature of Christ, and then I was, I was led to do certain works because of that revelation of Christ, which I had. That's awesome. That's a kind of work. It's also a concept of work in the scripture. Right, that work in the scripture is also a kind of wall. It's called walk. Also, 
is also the realm of Christ. All the realms of walking are realms of working. Right? The, the kind of world, work you do in the spirit is called walking. That's the, only, that's the only kind of work you can translate to spiritual terms. You can't, you can't translate bricklaying into spiritual. They don't see that. Those are also things, but they don't see that. The kind of, that of work the Bible accepts is walking. Because it's the kind of work that is metaphorically accurate. You understand? What is the meaning of that? Any kind of work that you are doing, bricklaying, involves carrying a brick and putting the brick on something, or hitting a, a hammer with a nail, or shoveling something, or any kind of physical work you do, it involves transfer of your energy to an object, moving things. So it's not metaphorically accurate for what God or the work that God is concerned about, or Scripture is concerned about, the, the work that Scripture is concerned about is the work of carrying you with the energy they put inside of you. So it's a, it's a work that translates to your movement. That's why out of all the works that a person can do, they pick one particular work that the body does, and say this is the one we use to explain what Aha. Uh-huh. See, you are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good word, works, which it was before ordained that ye should walk in them. Then Colossians chapter 1. That ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all what? Being what? Fruitful in every good work. Seeing work. So the work the, that of that the kind of work that you do. This is what I'm just trying to explain to you is simple. Come in the natural, look at all the different works you can do. Then there are many. A lot of the, every work you can do involves moving things, other things, transferring using your energy to create an effect outside of you. Right? That is the work that you do in the natural. But there's one kind of work that's not that. He's talking about, it's walking. He's talking about the work you do to impact your person and carry your person from one point to another. That is the, so that is one of the most native work that you can do. It doesn't involve anything. It's just by yourself. It means it's an organic kind of work. Are you getting what I'm saying? That one in the physical. So, so and they now said that that one is the, when you're talking of work that is good, that is the actual kind of work that is approved. So it means that when you move it into your soul, praise God, any kind of work your soul is doing that does not involve the movement of your person, of your soul, that is not making you to move. And you know soul can do that. And that's what many, the kind of works that we are, when we expand our soul, for things is to do works that are external. Some of us are carpenters in the spirit. When they check, uh, uh, we just pour some energy inside this soul the other time. All those messages you've been listening to, uh, there's discharge and all those meetings, like all those conventions and all those things you've been attending, they've been discharging things inside your soul. What do you do with them? 
And when they check you, what are, they play the record. And I say, ah, this guy has been into some hard labor. Maybe some was are building things, building edifices, building. But they say, but don't, don't use your energy to do things externally. And you are in the same spot. Can you forget about those things and use the energy to move? Say walking. 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 Say walking. Walking. Praise Jesus. Glory to God. Amen. Thank you, Father. So, the, the, so you, you understand the concept of works? That works anytime you are walking, you are, you are working. And that word for work is obedience. Right? And that word for work is what? Obedience. Obedience of what? Obedience of what faith said. At every point in time, there's what everybody has said, what your father said, what your mother said. There's what your husband said, what your wife said if you're married, what your brothers and sisters said. And there's what society is saying. And there's what books have said. There's what the experts have said. There are many things. There are many places you can get instructions or ideas of what to do. But you must have the wisdom to, to listen to what is faith saying. Faith, what you should always do is what is faith saying. Do you know how to hear the voice of faith? Have you ever tried to hear faith before? Maybe in a situation where everybody has something to say about what you should do. Have you ever been in such a situation before? You have been. If you have been in that situation and you are a blessed person, it means that they've begun to bring the privilege of walking to your soul. You know, it's called that to find the right way, you have to take a step back and find out what is faith saying. You have to awaken the hearing of faith. It's another kind of hearing, which some, a lot of times faith can, can instruct you contrary to every other instruction that you are hearing. And then contrary to even the instruction of your own mind, your own mind is telling you, what to do, but faith will just faith is just we just simply just say no. There's something else that you can do. Something else you can do. How do you tell the voice of faith? Oftentimes, most of the time, how you can tell the voice of faith is. Whose strength will be required to do it? That thing does not usually fail. It's a litmus test of leading. Because when 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 faith is given instruction, it's not just telling you what to do. Every, every instruction of faith is an advertisement of grace. 
It says that grace, a lot of times we don't like grace. A lot of times. Because grace doesn't like you to be involved and you want to be involved. But grace is grace to say, well, I can operate this thing by myself. All right? <laughs> That's the nature of grace. <coughs> we, don't really, we don't really need you in this area. We don't want you to, to pollute the operation. Can you take yourself out of this thing and then just allow? There's something about grace. Grace operation, is, is, it has inbuilt in it a program of sufficiency. So my grace is sufficient. So it suffices. It. Don't help it. Lest I be exalted beyond measure to the abundance of revelation, the message of Satan and all of that. And the Lord said to me, pray to the Lord, to the Lord and he said, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect where in, in your weakness. Are you seeing that? So a lot of times, faith is not what we think it is. Faith tries to weaken you and then strengthen your dependence on grace. Faith is to what? Weaken you and then what? Strengthen your what? Dependence. Are you listening? Weaken you. If you can just, in your spirit, check the journey of a man. Of a man. When I mean man, I mean the soul of a man. There will be a time when you are in the school of faith. When you are in the school of faith, what are they teaching you? Teaching you how to listen, how to agree with the voice of faith. Some of us, you can be in that school. That's the school of separated souls. That how to agree. Okay, you can do, do what you want to do and display your power. Or you can listen to what faith has to say. And let faith bring another way to deal with this situation that does not involve you, that is not of yourself. But the, the, the pain of not of yourself is that it yourself there's a boast attached. And, but that boast is the evil. See, lest any man should boast. God hates a man that can boast. Lest any man should boast. What should happen? You should do it by faith. Are you getting me? So when you're in the school of faith, it's you're hearing to hear the voice of faith. It's a development of the hearing of faith within the soul. That's one level. So it's to receive what the advertisement of grace. Because every time you follow faith, you agree with faith, there is a release of grace to your person. Do you agree with me? There's a what? A release of grace to your person. Thank you, Jesus. Now, let's say the soul has now learned, you've learned to allow faith. And that, and that can happen very, very easily. That's who, who is a priest? A priest is the faith building. Right? What I mean is that a priest is a soul that, that is a soul who, whose ears are constantly open to what? To the, the conversation of what? Of faith. That's a priest. Another word for that is a person who has a covenant of life. 
right. Amen. Amen. A, a priest is somebody whose ears are constantly what? Open to what? The conversation of faith. If you are not, if you struggle hearing faith, you can never be a priest. <laughs> you have. You can never be a priest because if you struggle to hear faith, you'll be constantly led by sin. Someone who is led by sin can never be a priest. A priest is someone who takes a different path from, where, from the leading of sin. Right? So whatever is not of faith is sin. Whatever is not of faith is sin. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? So a priest is a, is a soul that, is, that has learned to take the path of faith. You hear the, the priest hears the voice of faith. Are you getting me? Can you relate this to, your, to yourself? Do you, do you hear the voice of faith sometimes? But how given are you to the voice of faith? That's a check of where you are in the spirit. That sometimes, when, sometimes you don't even hear it at all. If you are very, very carnal and low, you won't hear faith. Do we hardly hear faith? For you to hear faith, they must capture you and put you in a room and pray with you to, to do what? <laughs> to calm down all the other voices which you hear. Ah, God just spoke to me. That's what I need to do. But, uh, you know what I mean? But it's not your constant. You should be hearing faith constantly. Don't just be doing everything around. Don't move by the suggestions of your environment, your culture, and everything. No, you should be hearing faith. Faith should be telling you, giving you alternative causes, alternative actions. Praise God. Ah, they need to, you need to, through that door, you move into another world. Do you, do you know that you live on, you're living on the earth, but you're not like living on the earth? You are living in the spirit because you are living according to what? The hearing of what? Of faith. Are you getting me? So now the priest is a faith building. Is a stature of faith. Is a faith man. A priest hardly makes mistakes. Mistake in terms of hearing faith. He hears faith. He hears faith. So because of that, he's not led by sin. And because he's not led by sin, he, he has found a, a, a realm of, of, of he, has, he has found an office for himself. Not every soul, not every Christian has an office. Right? When you become a Christian that has an office, it means you have become a priest. What do I mean by office? He's talking about profession. Praise God. You are, you are, they have situated you in a place and they've changed your light. You understand? Your, that light is direction. When they change, the priest is the being who, who has been delivered from the light of the sun. You understand? What is, what is that sun? Sun is the light that convert, is, the, is a light that is converted into sound that every soul hears. Hey, do this quickly now. Hey, if you don't do this now, it will scatter. That's son is talking to you. Power. Say son. That son, remove the you, put I inside son. It's sin. Son means sin. Son is the light of sin. I'm so sorry. <laughs> In a sense, you know what I mean? It's very clear that the son of righteousness is not the light of sin. Eh? That's another one. But 
I'm just trying to use words to explain something to you. What is the sun? The sun is, is a light that is a light that is limited, that cannot see holy things. Sun is a, is a light that, that ne- it never leads you into holiness. It's just a light that, that is corruptible. Sun means an earthly light that is subjectable and has been subjected to the reprogramming of spirits. Do you understand that? The word sun, are you listening to me, please, everybody? Sun means, the word sun just means general light, which every person is bound to use. You don't have another one. We all share the same sun. Everybody shares the same sun that you are seeing when someone comes out of Congo and stretches their hand like this. Is that the same sun they are seeing? That is the, it's talking about the, the general, that's why your thought and his thought, they are not too different. Right? That guy from Congo, bring him and bring a clean professor from university here. Remove all the fake things, all the, the, the base need. What, where the tangent to is the same. It's, human beings are the same. Are you getting what I'm saying? This, so not just talking about the physical, so I'm talking about there is a spiritual sun. If you can see it in the, in the spirit, that shines on every heart. And it's what, it's what beams light. That's why... Out of all the inspiration man can get, there is a box that man can never get inspiration outside that box. Outside the box of reproducing, keeping, leaving something for your children, making a name for yourself on the earth, solving physical problems. Is there any other thought anymore on the earth? There's nothing else. Maybe in the world of entertainment, everything. There's, there's actually, you can literally draw that box. That bring any man from anywhere, he, you will see his thought in that box. That men don't think outside these things. Why? It's a common light. That's how you know when people are using the same light, they see the same thing. If we turn off this place and we bring a thought light and shine it on one spot, all of us will be seeing the same thing. Because there's no other light. There's just one light. And where it's pointing to is what you're going to see. That's how, that's how the sun is. There's something. So the soul of man, we are not just left to, nobody can just think anything. There's a light. And light is beyond you. You understand what I mean? Yes, Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. But what the, what the hearing of faith does is, is, is talking about, is, is that faith is actually a portal into another world entirely. Another world, and, and, and you can never have a world without its light. Every world has its own light. If faith opens a door to you into another world, the light of that world will begin to speak to you. Which world does, what's the world that faith initially opens you, opens you to? It's called the world of Christ. It's a realm, it's another realm entirely. It's a realm of another light. Do you agree with that? Faith, the instruction that faith brings to your heart is coming from another light, another world. The way the tabernacle depicts it, you come out from under the sun, you move into the holy place, light just changes. Instead of sun, the, the veil blocks out the sun. No longer instruction from the sun. 
There's a light called the menorah, which now begins to give further instruction. Are you getting what I'm saying? Praise Jesus. Glory to God. Say glory to Jesus. Amen. Now, so you can see in your soul that war which you need to fight, which is the war of what? Hearing the voice of faith and obeying it. That's where you, that's where you must start from. You ask me, ah, all this word of righteousness, what should I do? Does it start from there? Hearing the voice of, in everything in your life, faith has something to say. Just ask. Just don't be hasty. Calm down. You will find it. It will come to you. If you need to wait a little, maybe to drown out the noise and to drown out everything else, it will come to you. After a while, you just be clear. This is what faith is saying. And sometimes when faith talks, faith is not talking in the interest of your natural preserving your pride and preserving your lust and your status. And your, those are the things you want to keep. And if they leave you, those are what you will go after. Hey, hey, what can we quickly do to solve that thing and preserve our, you know, let's, let's be okay. But faith can come and say, no, that's not our priority. We have another priority. The priority of faith is different. Are you getting what I'm saying? The, the priority of faith is to, is to make you avoid the, the leading of sin. Do you understand that? The priority of what? Of faith. Faith alone will not deal with sin completely. Do you understand? Something, some other thing, but faith can make you not to go through the word, the leading. Because if you are led by sin, that leading is also to result in other things as well. Are you getting what I'm saying? So the first thing, say, say obedience. Obedience. Obedience of faith. That was, that was Paul's gospel. I've received grace and what? Apostleship. Romans chapter 1. For whom, by whom we have received grace and what? And apostleship. For what? Obedience to faith among all nations for his name. So it's apostleship. First of all, it's, it's really for the name. But first of all, you have to turn the nations into obeyers of faith. When you hear the word nations, nation now in the present is a construction that spirits have. They have, it's a culture. Nations are, when you see a nation on the earth, a nation are a people that have been cultured against faith. Every nature, every nation, every culture has their programming against faith. Their way of life is something, is, is Satan design, he will study the people, check their genes, check how they are. When, after God divided the people according to the tribe of Israel, then he will, maybe he came to the African man, the black man. What is inside this type of a man? Okay, how can we de- design a culture around him that will what? Be against faith. So, what needs to be designed to be against faith in a black man is not the same thing they need to design to be against faith in a white man. But each of the nations have their own what design that is what against what against faith. So, and when you check it, those culture lead every culture leads away from God. There is no culture on the earth that leads you to God. Even Jewish culture leads the Jewish man away from God. And that's the highest culture on the earth. So don't even, no, no point going below that to look anywhere else. So if the Jewish, the Jews, 
Are you getting me? If the Jews... Their culture couldn't help them. After a while, they found in them an evil heart of unbelieving, departing from believing God. God said, Kai, there's nothing that can be done. So there's no hope. If there's no hope for the Jewish man, there's no hope on the earth anywhere. Forget about anything on the earth. Do you understand me? So what you should now begin to do is another, say culture. Is it, faith is culture. It's another culture entirely. When you are, when you, if and to hear faith, you must reject your culture. When faith is asking for something, your culture will rise up and talk to you. Your parent, that your parent, you know your, your, your parents live in your brain too. There's a, there's a way, there's a place that they are stored inside. The, there's a memory spot that they are stored there. Not them, or they didn't call you, but them inside you will rise up and talk to you. Are you getting what I'm saying? Your every day, <laughs> praise God. Just to, is to bring up installation. I'm not saying that your parents will always tell you against faith. No, please. Oh, you understand me? I'm just trying to, you, you understand what I'm trying to say? I, I don't have time. I have to run. We have a very short time. But there's something, there's a programming in man. It's all diversity of code that came from the sun. Right? The sun that shines on the white, and, the, the white man culture is the sun that shines on the black man culture. That sun shines on the Indian. It's just, it will just determine what rays do you need to culture these people in a certain way that their, their cultural, the living out of their culture will tangent away from God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Praise God. But, but faith is another culture. Are you getting what I'm saying? You will learn. You are, when you start to listen to faith, you take it as a practice. As a practice. Take it as a practice. Take it as a practice. Don't, how to, see, how to grow, how to follow God. It's not by strong faith. No, I'm going to do, I'm going to pray. I'm going to, no, it's not that. Forget about that. That. Don't, not for, don't forget about praying. <laughs> amen. But, amen, that's not where it is. All the energy you put into, ah, I'm going to finish half of the Bible today, all those things. You read Bible as much as you can, but the energy of, when you're thinking of the energy you store to pursue God, channel it this way. Anytime when you have to make a decision, Summon all the energy you have to listen for faith. What does faith have to say? Faith is not religion. Faith is not your it's not culture. In fact, religion is programmed against faith. <laughs> Do you understand? People who thought they were in the faith were following religion blindly. After a while, they realized that <laughs> this thing is taking us away from God. In those dark ages, people were following religion. Religion was t- they were going how many miles per hour away from God. <laughs> the God had to cause some kind of shake. One man called Martin Luther, and I woke up one day and realized, got a revelation. Huh? The just shall live by faith. That's what saved Christianity on the earth. That God made a man realize that the just shall what live. That even in the core of the religious, the Catholic Church, whatever. What, what can happen? Sin can still be what? Having what? A field. That will tell you that religious practices is not where your energy should go into. If your energy goes there, spirits master that thing. They can still lead you away. But how should you live? That word, the just shall live. The word live there is culture. Culture is way of life. 
What they are just telling you when they say, the, for the just shall, about five times in the Bible, the, the just shall live by faith. It means the, the culture of the just is the culture of faith. And, and you must get to a point where that culture defeats every other culture that you have. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. I said, praise Jesus. Hallelujah. If you continue to hear faith and hear faith, after a while you realize you have become a priest. Because you've mastered hearing faith. Now, when you come to a, a place and you stay there, somehow, maybe people have been seen, have been ravaging. People don't even know how to deal with sin. Maybe they have, they've been pastors there for a long time. There have been all kinds of religious people there. But when you bring someone who's not just religious, but someone who hears faith, somehow in such a de- deadly environment, they will find a way that leadeth not to destruction. The way that leadeth to life. Only the voice of faith can guarantee that way to the soul. You understand me? So if, if you master hearing faith, then you not get to a point. You become a master of hearing faith. That makes you priestly in your soul. But the priest has his own work. Ah, Thank God you hear faith, but you see that all those you're hearing faith is to give you an office. The, what a, what a, what the, 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 the training of a priest is not the mastery of faith, it's the mastery of grace. That is another season for the soul. A soul that's learning to master hearing faith is not in the same season of a soul that is mastering the operations of grace. Do you know why? You might not follow the way of sin, but it doesn't mean that you've overcome sin or that you've learned not to touch that which is unclean. The fact that you left the way of sin doesn't mean that if the unclean comes before you. The, that word, not to touch, touch not the unclean thing, is not saying, let's remove the unclean thing from your vicinity. Or, let's make you somehow oblivious to the unclean. This is another operation. <laughs> The only thing that can make you not touch the unclean is grace. Say touch. To avoid touching takes grace. It's a skill of priesthood. That is what, that is what the, the, uh, the, uh, the school of priesthood is for. To make the soul to to learn a gracious living. <laughs> ah, you now you now hear fate. Okay. You've heard fate. You hear fate constantly. Awesome. Now, 
Let's take your hearing of faith and dissect it. What does faith say to you? What faith says to you is not the same thing that faith says to you. Are you getting me? The skill to hear faith is not the same thing as the content of what faith is saying. The content of what faith is saying, you know, discover that there's a spectrum of a curriculum that faith can speak faith today. That's one area. One day faith can move out of just talking faith and move into the zone of hope. Then one day faith can begin to speak charity. It's another language. They are all languages of faith. They agree with that. Faith, hope, and charity are all languages of faith. That, so when a soul has learned to hear faith, then what will happen? Faith would open up its curriculum. That You see, in this world of hearing faith, there are many things though, to be said. Are you getting what I'm trying to say to you? I'm, I'm showing you the... It's almost like the trajectory of a spiritual man that I'm showing to you. How do they, how do they make a soul to, you know the destination where you are getting to? Yeah, where, is it, where, where are we trying to arrive to? We're trying to arrive at what? At salvation or what? Works, but not just anyhow works. Works of God. Right, that's, that's a high destination in the spirit. It's a high point. When a soul gets to that point, things just change. Do you get what I'm saying? So, the, the, the journey of Levitic, Leviticus, sorry, or the Levite, the Levitical school, is a school of, they are trying to teach you mechanism of how to, of interaction. They are giving you tools, right? A soul, a, a Levite is a, is a soul that is perfecting the hearing of faith. Are you getting me? Now, if you take a soul that isn't perfecting hearing of faith, if they don't hear faith very well, it's not easy to take that soul and to open up the curriculum of faith to the soul. Because you can, before you finish opening one chapter, it's called they've run away. They are in another way entirely. That, ah, but we just want to talk to you about a little bit about you know, the fate of the Son and the details of the doctrine of the fate of the Son. Amen. And then before they start opening the doctrine, they now say that Kai, when the last day this guy showed up to class was like six months ago. <laughs> so if they told you, maybe last time you should have they spoke about the fate of the Son, chapter 1a. Praise God. And then now you can come back six months later. Can they talk about chapter 1b? Because chapter 1a you learned is no longer inside you. They have to go back again to. If care is not taken, you've heard some other. <laughs> so, so the, someone who has not perfected the hearing of faith is hard for them to settle down. It's like you can't just bring a child from the an area child that is 
in the neighborhood and then just bring them by force to a class and say, sit down, I want to teach you the curriculum of mathematics. Wait, you have to know, number one, the child, as his parents leave them to come to school, you must have a guarantee that they will be there every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and they, can, they will be there for the rest of the curriculum. I mean, how do you guarantee that someone who has authority over them must have brought them to the school to enroll them, and their name is enrolled in the school? That's what gives the teacher confidence that I can open the curriculum and they will be there every day. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So, a soul that has not been established in that if, what does faith have to say? It's not yet your constant practice. How can you learn the doctrine of Christ? Do you understand? <laughs> Do you, now, are you seeing that if I sit such a soul down and preach to them, they can hear, the only reason they are hearing me is because I'm, I'm literally physically in front of them talking to them. <laughs> That's the only reason they are listening to what I'm saying. But even at that, there's no guarantee that the soul is hearing what I'm saying. How much more when I close my Bible and go home? What is the hope that, what happened? Because hearing, so a soul that is not tuned to the hearing of faith, you cannot have continuity in the school of the spirit. Now this message I'm teaching you right now, do you think that you've downloaded everything I've said today? Now, if you're not in the school of the spirit, forget about everything I've said today. Forget it. Forget it. Because to get this message I'm teaching, and like every other message, when you are going on your way, faith should be able to call you. Shh, hey, 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 what about that thing that Pastor Jeff said? About, you see that thing about grace, you know, that fullness, and then grace for grace. And there's actually something about that thing, you know, and faith will start talking to you. Why? Well, faith cannot, if you, don't, if you are not used to asking and have given faith an audience. Do you know that it's faith that teaches you revelation? What is faith? Is, the, is that thing or that aspect of you that, that can shut down everything and look into the unseen and, and keep looking there and be having conversation? That's a sign of a soul that has mastered the hearing of faith. They have conversations with the unseen. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Substance. They talk with the, they are able to talk with a substance that is unseen. A, a revelational life, you see, the, that Paul was praying for when he, he began to pray for them in Ephesians chapter 1, the spirit of wisdom and revelation. The Lord, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, will grant unto you the spirit of what? Of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you might know. Now, you see, that spirit of wisdom and revelation is a, is a voice that talks from the unseen, speaks from the unseen. And that's, that voice can never get the attention of any soul who is not used to listening to the unseen, who is not listening to, who all you, if all you hear every day is what is before you, physical, something you can touch. If it's not TV or radio or something on the internet or your boss at work, 
or your husband or your wife or your family or your friends who, are, who generate sound waves, physical waves that land in your eardrum. If, you don't, if it doesn't occur that way, some of us, you won't hear anything. That that's all you hear. It has to be in your eardrum for you to hear. If you are that way, you cannot have what? This cannot have interaction with the unseen. What is the hearing of faith is that, is that mechanism that opens you up to, to have conversation with what? The unseen. So that is a skill. So when you say this soul is separated, or this one is a Levite, a Levite is a soul that talks freely with the unseen. That converses through the, the channel of another conversation. They have that ability in them to carry such conversation without aborting it. When I say unseen now, understand me. <laughs> what I just said now, hey God, God help me. If a soul with, with no understanding hears what I just said, I'm in trouble. What I'm talking about unseen, say unseen, unseen, unseen. If you are walking on the street and then something comes to remind you of the dress that you need to wear for that party that's coming up, that you've not bought yet, do have you not seen you love? <laughs> but all you just know with the unseen eyes that that dress is hanging on the shelf in one store. You already saw it with your... Is that, is that, that's also unseen, but is that the unseen I'm talking about? As far as his dress, it's not unseen. Do you understand what I'm saying? So I'm talking about the evil spirit. Can some of us? You, it's not that your problem is not listening to invisible. It's not listening to. It's not conversing with the realm of the spirit. So we converse constantly. You know what I mean? Spirits around you talk to you constantly. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about speaking with the, with the wall that fades, faith opens up. Are you getting me? I'm talking about the conversation with the priestly world. That's something you must, you must that must be your new culture. When you, went, when you establish the people with such a culture are called Levites. That's what it means to be a Levite in the spirit. You have the culture of, of conversing with the world of faith. Do you get that? Then after some time, from that world, they have to now open up a curriculum. It's a full curriculum, mighty. It's the curriculum of grace, praise the Lord, which is first the curriculum of Christ. Do you understand that? In that world, is 
Details. Say details. details. How detailed a conversation can you have? That says a lot about you. Some of, some of us, you don't, you've never had conversation really, maybe. I'm so sorry I say some of us. You guys are all spiritual people, so I'm not saying, I'm not trying to bring you down, please forgive me. Maybe, maybe there's somebody listening to me somewhere that is in this level that I'm talking about, maybe not you, because I know to you, the word of the Spirit is open, you know, you, praise God. <laughs> so, but it's possible that, that somebody has never had conversation with the unseen before. This is what I'm talking about. Right, maybe just hear a flash. Maybe a message, a flash from the unseen will just come. Ah, that is exciting. <laughs> Grace, oh my God. Wonderful. Shut down. The portal closed. <laughs> Until next four meetings. Why? Because the next three meetings might not be in the, stiff, the right state of mind. It might not be in the mood, you know what I mean? So... For that flash, maybe next four meetings, another flash again. Now, now imagine that kind of thing. It's hard for such a soul to, to take profession yes. with such infrequency yes. of conversing with the realm of fate. Your, you know what your fight should be? To keep that door open. Keep that door open. You should, be, you should have a, a gauge inside of you. When it's closing, fight. Open it up. How do you open? Shout to it. I'm still here. Talk to me. Speak to me. I remember what we were talking about last time. I've not forgotten. You told me about this. You were, you were, you were talking to me about, from the book of Colossians, about something in Colossians. I remember. That's what you were. I remember. I remember. Ah! We spoke about that, and you showed me different. You are calling into the world, and I, I am still interested. Please speak to me. Conversation with that, the world of the sin, keeping the door open. Do you know what I mean? That that is that makes you a lever. That's who a levite is. A levite doesn't give up. They are not yet. They don't have access into what the priest is doing, but. When the priests want to carry bucket, they quickly rush. Can I help you? When it's preparing the sacrifices, there's something about their mind. There's a focus about that. They are interested in the tabernacle. Are you getting what I'm saying? Is that focus? That focus will heighten to a point where they will give you what? Access. They say, okay, you are now a being of this realm, of this place. This conversation will not cease anymore inside of you. Because you are not a student, we can see your name in the enrollment register. You are, a, you are a member of this school. You are a student of this school. So because of that, we cannot hide the curriculum from you anymore. Let's open the curriculum fully to you. Praise God. Then they begin to teach you grace, mastery. Grace is a word of mastery. It's the first, learner, it's the first word of mastery. That's the, the, the grace of Christ. That is the first grace for grace. You understand me? Then it, it takes a gracious soul to come into the realm of the grace of God. Right? It is grace for grace. 
Nothing that is graceless should come near God. Right? That's why God gave Christ. Using for Christ for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is the power of God what unto salvation to them that would believe. Now, that power is enablement. It's actually a gracious power that is enabling a soul to begin to have. So, we cannot talk to a graceless soul about the works of God. They can lose their faith. They can tell you, well, I don't know, this thing, is it work, work, work? Why is it so difficult? Why is it so hard? Why is it so this? Why is it so that? It's a lack of grace in the soul that makes the soul question when they begin to reveal the works of everlasting life or the works of God. Say, ah, isn't God just that easy, nice? No, God is not like that. God is a, he said, my work is before me. That is the only thing that I must see. Are you getting what I'm saying? So we are in a season where God, wherever you are in the spectrum of, of faith, in the spectrum of grace, this is a, an unprecedented season for you. It's a time when the Lord wants to heighten dealings. And he's not just talking, he wants to show you how. This will be a season of how. You understand what I mean? I, I'm, I've seen the Lord taking the hands of souls. See, I want to show you how. You see, this, see this thing about spirituality, growth, that has been elusive to you, as if other people are, are going there, but you can't go. It's as if you, you, somehow you can't figure it out. The Lord is saying, I'm going to, I will come, I will take your hand, and I will, I will say to you, I will help you. I will help you. That's what the Lord is saying. This is a season of help. Um, you will just begin to find help in some way, strange way, something, some, some insight will just come. Ah, this is what I need to do to profit in the realm of the spirit, to move further into the next place I need to come to. This is what I need to do. It will begin to appear to you. You will hear a voice behind you saying that this, this is the way. This is the way. Walk in it. Walk, say walk in it. Tell somebody walk in it. Say I will walk in it. Thank you, Father. Father, Makura Namusahata. Repahaluska Librahato. Leprasiente Levrentura Pahikaloska Prendovi. Lavrahana Mokriha Tosi. Lavana Maho. Lefrahama Nohuri. Lafrahena Mahoria. Lei Kresi. Kaiba Shuri. Fakraheno. Fankraheno. Semriata Kaiha Loshta Prohovehansa. Asyonda Hima. E Prakisya Tuhura Mahata. Samaranamo. Emarama. Amahana. Amaramo. Amraheta. Apraheta. 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 Eprahata. I pray. I pray in the name of Jesus. For everyone tonight. Under the sound of my voice. I pray for you. I pray for you that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will grant unto you the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of revelation, even in the knowledge of him. That the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, you will know what is the hope of his calling, the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards them that believe. So shall it be unto you. I'm saying to you that doors are open. The doors, the doors that will facilitate the dealings of this season, of this time, that will bring you right to the very plane of blessing. That will make you not to be afar off. That will make you not elusive to you. The grace 
and the mercy that will make you a partaker of this season. I pray for that your soul will, it will come upon your soul. It will overtake you. It will not lead you. Thank you, Father. We give you all the glory, all the glory tonight. Thank you for your speaking to our soul. To our, we receive your words in faith and we believe all that has been said, all that you have said, our soul receives it. We receive it with thanksgiving. Thank you, our Father. We give all the praise to your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. You dwell between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwell between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwell between.